This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. It's time to take a look at some headlines coming out from the region. We'll be looking more closely at Malaysia, where industries are urging the government to rethink the minimum wage hike. And we'll also be looking at developments in Myanmar. The U.S. has formally declared Myanmar's army committed genocide against the Rohingya. Okay, plus uh, ahead of the Philippine elections, frontrunner Marcos Jr. receiving a boost of support from Rodrigo Duterte's party. On the line with us this morning is Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Alice. Good morning, Basi. I'm doing good. All right. Thank you. Let's talk about business where you're from. Industries in Malaysia are protesting against a government plan to raise the national minimum wage from the current 1,200 ringgit to 1,500 ringgit. They're looking at this from May the 1st, warning companies could lose competitive edge as well as suffer higher costs and a hit to their business recovery. Yes, that all makes sense. But was there possibly a different approach that could have been taken up? Well, you know, the thing is that industries have come out and protested against this move. But honestly, this is, it is high time that these guys actually raise the wage. We've had many, many problems with industries. You know, we've seen how major glove makers in Malaysia have been sanctioned by, by countries like the U.S. and because of treatment to workers. So I think uh, this is something that the government really needs to push forward with. And this thing about suffering from profit margins is something that businesses who have long enjoyed or really taken advantage of workers, they need to step up and basically come clean on this one. Mm, sounds good, Leslie. I hope they take heed and yes. do it without too much complaining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're also watching developments in Myanmar, Leslie. U.S. officials have said that right now we need to say that the violence committed against the Rohingya minority by Myanmar's military, it amounts to genocide and crimes against humanity. They've put a name on it. What would this formal declaration really mean for the military? Could we actually finally see an end to the country's army ruling and just ruling flagrantly? Well, you know, the, the formal declaration party by the U.S. won't unleash any kind of sanctions immediately. But certainly um, these sanctions could follow, but certainly not immediately. But uh, I think what it shows is that the international pressure piling in on the junta, especially the military government, is really is, is growing. And they are already under fire because of the civil uh, war in Myanmar now. So this is just another kind of load that the military will have to carry. And, you know, we're seeing sanctions like in Russia now having a huge toll. This could, this could very well follow in Myanmar, you know. And, but the thing is that the problem is that it is going to it is going to unleash kind of real pain to ordinary citizens too, who clearly are the target. So this is where I think countries are divided in this response. Mm. Uh, sticking with Myanmar, Leslie, I mean, there was a special Southeast Asian envoy that started meetings on Monday. Uh, the idea was to stop the hostilities in Myanmar, but naturally it was met with anger from opposition groups. It looks like a bit one step forward, two steps back. I mean, where are we in terms of progress? How much more can be achieved? 
you know, Prak Sohan uh, went on Monday for mm. three-day visit. He was supposed to meet with political parties, but, you know, plans uh, to meet with ethnic armies, actually, that are fighting the uh, the uh, Myanmar military, uh, those were cancelled, understandably so, because this trip was organized largely and choreographed largely by the junta. So I think, you know, you, there is widespread frustration, actually, in ASEAN over how member countries expect, particularly the ASEAN chair, Cambodia, is dealing with, Vietnam, uh, with Myanmar. So ASEAN leaders have uh, refused to allow the military generals to attend their summits. And I think this is just, just anger toward what is going on and how the countries are dealing with this thing, in, and particularly Cambodia, you know. So how Myanmar is just becoming a very, very sore thumb for ASEAN at this point. I don't think this is going to go away. It's going to be some time yet. And um, we're going to see more twists and turns. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Twists and turns in the Philippines as well, Leslie. President Rodrigo Duterte's party has thrown its support behind the presidential election favorite Ferdinand Marcos Jr. And this actually comes after he previously called Marcos a weak leader. So what does this really mean for Marcos? How significant a boost will it really be moving forward? It is an interesting episode here. Uh, I think we need to be mindful that it's Duterte's party that is endorsing uh, Marcos' presidential bid. Mm. It is not Duterte himself. You know, mm. it's not Duterte himself. And it is a boost, but how much of a boost will be seen in the elections? I think getting something from Duterte himself would mean a lot, would mean a lot. But at this point in time, Duterte's party giving the endorsement, especially it's quite ironic because the uh, PDP Laban party was actually set up to oppose the Marcos, uh, Marcos regime before. So this move is just small fun games, in, which is typical in the Philippine election. I think everyone's waiting to see where you know, Duterte stands on this. And you know, I think we, we also need to know that his daughter is Marcos's running mate. So would he, would he just throw support for his daughter rather than Marcos also? Uh, let's see, final issue takes us to Indonesia, where, you know, we were possibly planning our Sangria holiday in Bali, <laughs> you and me. Uh, it looks like we might have more options because Indonesia is lifting quarantine rules for international travellers to end two years of border closure. You know, its neighbours, of course, have been doing similar moves. So this looks like the same thing as Bali, though it's a little bit troublesome. What, what can we expect here in terms of uh, how they're going to reopen? Well, you know, Clearly, the government wants to reopen, and this reopening has has had some uh, positive effects, particularly for the aviation and tourism sectors. Uh, but you know, there's all these moves by even uh, countries in the region and elsewhere. They all met with mixed responses. You know, health authorities feel that governments are moving too fast, mm. and then again, businesses feel that governments are moving too slow. You know. So we're going to have this kind of tug and pull for for some time now until we get, you know, people and the authorities are comfortable with how people proceed. I mean, the, the concerns are genuine sure. because 
people feel that you know there will be apathy over how the public will will deal with SOPs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you know you can see the concerns, but I think the the pressure to reopen is growing by the day because the of the economic demands actually. So and this is not just uh, Indonesia, but it's everywhere else. Yeah. Everywhere else. Right. Do expect the tug and pull to go on for at least the short to medium term. Yeah. Thank you so much, Leslie. Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent at The Straits Times. You take care and stay safe, Leslie. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.